0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. So we launched a new series this morning entitled Transformed, and for the next five weeks, leading us through the month of April, we're going to be talking about how we can be transformed people and how we can live transformed lives. Now, I believe that there is something everybody in this auditorium here today shares in common. And that thing that we share in common is I believe that every single one of us would like to change at least something about our lives. We are not 100% satisfied with every single area of our life, and if we could, we would change at least one thing. We would be transformed in at least one area in our lives. I believe that that's true of every one of us. If that's not true of you today, don't bother coming to the Transform series. We won't have anything for you. But for everybody that wants to be transformed... Uh, This is gonna be a great series that we launch here on Easter Sunday morning looking at who I believe is the most transformational character in human history and the most transformational event that this world has ever seen. Hands down, the most transformational character that ever walked the face of the earth was Jesus Christ. There's no question about it. The facts speak for themselves. Though he never composed a song, More music has been written about Jesus Christ than any other character in human history. Though Jesus Christ never drew a picture, he never did any kind of of statue or any kind of, of artistic work, more artwork has been done around the figure of Jesus than anybody else in human history. Jesus never wrote a book. As far as we can tell, he never even penned one word. And yet more books have been written about Jesus than have been written about any other character on the face of this planet. And what's more, if you go to any part of the world, in every nook and cranny of the world, you will find people who claim to be followers of this person, Jesus Christ. In fact, one out of every three people that you will pass on Easter Sunday, if you stopped and asked them, they would tell you that they are Christian. Now, that's not too bad for a guy that never traveled even a 100 miles from his birthplace. Jesus is hands down the single most transformational character that ever walked the planet. And the most transformational event that ever took place, we celebrate this morning, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Isn't the crucifixion the most transformational event that ever happened? Yes and no. It's where it all began, But if you extract the resurrection from the narrative story, if you get it out of the drama, the reality is the crucifixion alone is not sufficient to bring life to us. It was redemptive, but it's only fully redemptive in the sense that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Because here's the deal, a lot of good people died for good causes. A lot of good people died for other people. A lot of people were martyred for deep convictions. A lot of people even said, I'm dying on behalf of the salvation of other people. But here's the reality. Nobody in human history ever came out of the grave only to remain alive forever and forever. The world is filled with stories of death that swallows up life. But this is the only story where life swallows up death. It never happened before. And it will never happen again. And that's what makes the resurrection of Jesus Christ so profound. Here's the deal. This Easter Sunday morning, the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. Absolutely everything is different because Jesus Christ is alive. It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that split our calendar into the AD and the BC. There is a reason that the Gospels and the Bible speak of the resurrection as good news. It truly is good news. And I don't know if you've stopped and looked around lately, but our world is filled with a lot of bad news. Everywhere you look, bad news upon bad news. From Ebola to the Zika virus and outbreak to terrorism to aviation disasters to economic and political collapses and uncertainty, here's the reality. Everywhere we look, it's bad news upon bad news, lots of bad news. And so the last thing we need on this Easter Sunday morning is another dose of bad news. What we need is good news. And I've got really, really good news to share with you this morning. In fact, it's great news. And the great news is the the resurrection of Jesus changes everything, but more than that, it changes everyone. Every single person can be changed and transformed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel narratives speak about the resurrection, but the very first book of the New Testament is what we're going to look at this morning, Matthew's gospel. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Can you imagine? His face shone like lightning, his clothes His clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. Come see where his body was laying. Easter resurrects hope. And one of the most hopeless places that you can go to here on the face of the earth is a cemetery. When I was at home at, uh, at Christmas time with our family, my wife and I went to a local cemetery where we visited some of the tombstones and the grave sites of some of my wife's extended family members that are in that cemetery. It's a special cemetery to us because it's also the cemetery where we fell in love. Now I know what you're thinking. Who does that, right? Who falls in love in a cemetery? Well, let me give you a little context to the story. When I was 16 years old, I was hired by our township to be the the groundskeeper at the local cemetery, and I was given permission to hire one person to work with me and work for me. I had met uh, Kelly just the previous year, and we had become friends, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if Kelly would come home from college and would work with me in the cemetery, and she did. I hired her to work for me. We fell in love. We got married, and for the last 32 years, I've been working for her. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. And we fell in love. And, and my life was absolutely transformed in a place of death. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine, just like we walking into that cemetery, all sorts of things go through your mind. You think about the brevity of life. You think about how fragile life is. Your mortality comes into focus when you see the beginning date and the end of date and you know that one day that's gonna be true of you. And the reality is they were walking to a place of death. They were going to a place that was a reminder that every hope and every dream that they had had been splintered into tiny pieces by a Roman cross and three steel spikes. Their life as they knew it was over. Every high hope they had and every dream that they had about a future with Jesus Christ was done. Nobody could have prepared them for what had taken place three days earlier. Nobody could have prepared them for the crucifixion, but nothing could have prepared them for what they were about to experience. They come to the tomb expecting a quiet morning And what they experience is a large magnitude earthquake that shakes the earth. They go to the tomb expecting to see armed guards. And what they experience is an angel that comes and visits them and speaks to them in a way that they had never even imagined could happen before. They go to the tomb expecting that the tomb was going to be sealed up and closed And what they experience is an open tomb, wide open, split open. The rock moved to the side. They come to the tomb expecting sadness and deep sorrow. And what they experience is fear mixed with fright, mixed with joy, and mixed mixed with anticipation. They come to the tomb where they expect to find a body. And what they experience is grave clothes that are sitting there with no body in it. Every single hope was now resurrected It was a new day, and it was a new beginning. And Jesus Christ, when he comes out of that tomb, brings hope not only to their hearts, but he also brings hope to our hearts today. And here is the first piece of good news I want to share with you this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ makes the impossible possible. Nobody had ever overcome death. It's impossible But Jesus Christ's resurrection makes the impossible possible. I don't know what death situation you're staring at today. I don't know what that situation is in your life that feels like it's over and it's permanent. And you have put a period, but God's only put a comma. And God is not done with the situation. And you might feel like that thing has died in my life. That relationship, my finances, that job. I've gotten a bad report from the doctor. I don't know what kind of future I have. You may feel like you are at a dead place in your life. But here is the really good news this resurrection Sunday morning. God, through the resurrection, makes the impossible possible. And that's Wonderful news for us today. The second thing that happens, verses seven and eight, and now the angel said, go quickly. Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, going ahead of them to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. Now, if you have ever experienced death in your life, if you have ever experienced the loss of someone that you care deeply about, someone that means the world to you, if, if that's ever been your experience, then you know why the Bible calls it an enemy. Because there is a permanent separation of relationship the moment that somebody dies. And there is no doubt that these women felt that permanency of a separation. But on resurrection Sunday morning, something changed. The whole narrative changed. The whole future changed. Because here's the second piece of good news about resurrection. Easter restores relationships. Easter brings back together relationships that have been separated. When Jesus Christ walked out of the tomb, he walked back into the lives of every single person that had been scattered. They were no longer together. They were no longer doing life together. They had moved in their their opposite directions. And here Jesus comes, searching for them, looking for them. Why? Because he wanted to come and let them know, I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. Our relationship isn't over. Everything that you believe for isn't done. The relationship continues. And I want you to know that. You see, death can feel so permanent. Death can feel, and life can feel so fragile so often. And we can be so reminded of how permanent death feels, but here's the reality. Because of Jesus Christ, every single relationship with those who share our faith goes with us into eternity. It doesn't end here on this earth. And that's really good news this Easter is that you and I have the promise from God that we get to celebrate and share life in ages that have not yet been born with people that we do life with here on this earth that know Christ as their Savior. Jesus knew what it felt like to have broken relationship. One of his dearest family, one of the closest friends he had in his years on earth, were two sisters and a brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He gets us news that Lazarus, their brother, had died. And four days later, Jesus shows up a little late for the funeral. And when he gets there, and they're all distraught, wondering what their future is going to be like without Lazarus, here was the promise. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Life is found in the person and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I was walking my neighborhood just a few uh, weeks ago, and I was walking up to a home where I saw a boy about the age of 10, standing on the side of the house, and I could tell immediately they were playing a game I played when I was about that age. They were playing uh, cops and robbers. And this kid had a gun in his hand, It it was like a dart gun, and he's standing up against the side of his house, pistol up against his chest, pulling a Jack Bauer, like he's looking both directions waiting for something. And I'm walking up and watching this. And then all of a sudden, around the corner of the back of the house, comes this kid with his dart gun. And he comes around the corner and sees him. He goes, ba pow, ba pow, pow. The kid takes off running. He hits him in the back. And he starts running after him. And he says, I shot you. I shot you. And I kid you not, the other kid stopped in his tracks, turned around. And he said, how many lives do we have? And the kid said, 10. And he said, let's go. And he takes off running again. And I finished my walk and I'm thinking about that. And I'm thinking about how nice life would be if we had do-overs. I was thinking about how good life would be if we had two lives or three lives or four lives or, man, wouldn't it be great if we had 10 lives? But here's the reality. The Bible says we're given one. That's it, just one. We get no second shot at this. We get no do-over. We have one shot to do with our life what we will. And here's the exchange that Jesus makes us. When he says, I am the resurrection and the life, here's what Jesus is promising. If you give me your one life, I'll give you new life. I'll give you God's life. And I will totally transform and repurpose the one life you have. And I will use it in a way that you could never imagine it being used if you'll just turn it over and if you'll just surrender it to me. So this Easter, I've got three simple questions for you as we close. They're all stripped right out of the narrative. The first one is this. This Easter, what is it you fear? What is it you most fear that you're sitting here this morning worried about, thinking about, struggling about? You know, the reality was, and I think it's one of the most remarkable things about this particular story about the resurrection. I don't know if you caught it. It's one of the great mysteries to me. That the Bible says that these Roman soldiers, these put together strong men, totally trained like these are the guys who are entrusted with the most important assignment on the planet at the time, guarding the tomb of Jesus. These guys were the men. And the Bible says when the angel shows up, they faint and fall to the ground in fear like dead men, while the women remain cool, calm, and collected. Isn't that a mystery? You ladies are the bomb. I mean, that's the reality. Not only is that a mystery, but it's, it's a miracle that these women actually dialed in to what the angel was saying to them. And that fear that they felt did not keep them from listening to God and did not keep them from moving in God's direction. What do you fear most today? The second question I have for you, what are you looking for? They came to the tomb and the first thing the angel said is, I know what you're looking for. I know exactly what you want. And God knows for us exactly what we are looking for in life. They came to the tomb filled with unanswered questions. The most gnawing questions in their life when they walked to the tomb, they were looking for an answer. And here's what happened when they came to the tomb. They discovered that the answers to life are not found in a place. They're found in a person. They're found in Jesus. And if you're here today in this auditorium, I ask you the same question. What are you looking for this Easter? More importantly, who? Who? Who have you come looking for? Because if you come to Grace Crossing Church this morning and you leave here and you forget this place, you've lost nothing. But if you leave this auditorium and you forget Jesus, you've lost it all. You've lost everything. Life is not found in a place. It's found in a person, which brings me to one final question. It was the one Jesus asked Mary and Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe I'm the resurrection? Do you believe I'm the life? Because that's where it all begins for every one of us. This series transformation starts in this moment when we choose to move in God's direction and we choose to believe what defies all odds. We choose to believe what seems impossible. We choose to believe what the world says could never happen, but we know it did happen and it's continuing to change lives all over the world today. And here's how it works. Romans chapter 10 tells us how it all works. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess faith and are saved. There are two things that go into transformation. Those two things are your heart and your mouth, and you are the only one that controls them. Nobody else can make your heart move in a direction and nobody else can move your lips. We are the only ones that can control that part of our lives. And what the Bible teaches is that when we engage our hearts and we believe, and then with our mouth we confess and say, I believe that you are my Savior. I believe that you are alive. Guess what happens? All of a sudden life comes into us. We exchange the one life we have for new life, abundant life, everlasting life that will never end when our biological clock stops ticking. That's the promise. And that's the exchange that God gives to every one of us. So this morning in this auditorium, I want to challenge you to surrender to God your fear of death and allow the resurrecting life of Jesus Christ to enter in you and give you peace. I want to challenge you this morning in this auditorium to surrender to God all of your doubts and let the resurrection power of faith take over in your heart, I want to encourage you to surrender all your anger and all your angst and all your uncertainties about God and about about the way things have just gone south in your life. I want you to lay it all down this morning. And I want you to allow God's grace and peace to be resurrected inside your heart. And if you're here this morning, I want to encourage you to surrender your insecurities and let the security that is found in Jesus be resurrected